So thank you all. I just need to go to one prayer. So I just have a note for the word. I'm going to turn the one servant for that. Or it's part of the world. I too want to say a pleasant good night to everyone. Hope you all are continuing to do well. I'm thankful for uh, the stirring of the Spirit of God that we've already felt here tonight, folks. Without the Spirit of God, we might as well turn off the lights and close the doors. But I'm thankful that God has allowed us to feel what we've been able to feel. And uh, I'm always thankful for uh, God's blessings that He gives us. I love the lively chorus, and I'm appreciative of that. I pray that God will just continue to bless you all here. I'm thankful for each and every trip that I can make to the island of Jamaica and the work that's going on here. The gospel needs to be spread not only in one country or another, but I believe in a gospel that needs to go all around the world. Wherever God may allow us to go, I look forward to the privilege and opportunity to continue to spread his gospel. Tonight I come before you as a man that's called by God with a, a burden upon my heart to relay some scripture unto you. And tonight that's exactly what I want to do. So if you have your Bibles with you, you want to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 35. I'm going to read one verse if I can in the book of Genesis chapter 35. And I want you to think about God and how that he calls us to a time of revival. Folks, without the calling of God, we don't know the direction by which we're supposed to go. We need God's guidance, but there comes a small, very important part of this. Are we going to listen to God? Tonight, I want to read to you one verse, Genesis chapter 35. Jacob was in need of a revival, and God said unto Jacob. I want to pause right there for just a moment, and I want you to notice how personal it is that God calls Sometimes people are waiting for God to call the mass or the multitudes. But the truth is, folks, if we're ever going to have a true relationship with God, it's a personal experience where God calls you and me as individuals. God knows who you are, where you are. You're not hiding from God. You're not a mystery to God. You're not unknown to God. God knows us. God knows our needs. So in the very beginning of this reading tonight, I want you to notice this, that it was God doing the calling, and the calling was to an individual that had a need. Tonight, as we begin to read throughout these verses, I ask you, do you have any needs in your life? And the truth is, I believe every one of us have needs. Don't limit God on what he can provide for you. Sometimes we think that it's only the spiritual needs, but I believe that God can provide the physical needs we stand in need of. And God said unto Jacob, he said, I want you to arise. Go up to Bethel and dwell there. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. The word arise means to become one, relevant, but it also means that one might become powerful and known. You know what, folks? If we become disobedient to God, we become weak. When we become obedient to God, that's when we find our strength. So listen to what God began to say unto Jacob. He said, Jacob, you're at a time in your life when you are weak. 
People often will tell me, I'm just tired, I cannot go on, I'm weak, and I'm worn. But folks, I believe tonight that God can give us the things we stand in need of, but it simply means we must be submissive to Him. God said, I want you to rise and go to Bethel. Do you know where Jacob is at this moment in the Scripture? He's in a place called Shechem. He's about halfway to where he's supposed to be. And God said, because you're only halfway, you've got to be completely where I want you to be, folks. People want to halfway seek after God. Folks, halfway seeking after God will get you all the way to the very pits of hell. Halfway serving God is not what God desires of us. He wants completeness and fullness. For many people today, they come to God and they want to lay it there. But they want to cling to a few things, folks. God wants your heart. My son, give me thine heart. He doesn't need the materialistic things. He wants our heart. And you see, here at Shechem, it's a very sinful place. But don't get caught up in the idea that it's a place that God wants him to get out of. What God wants Jacob to do is, he wants him to be completely obedient. We're going to read in just a little bit in the New Testament. In this very same place, there was a lady that was in need. And God began to provide for her. It's not about the place. It's about the condition of your heart tonight. You can go to church all you want to. You're not automatically going to get saved. It doesn't automatically mean that our hearts and our worship and our service. Tonight, I believe that God is calling men and women and his children all around the world. He's calling us to revival, much like he did with Jacob. He said, I want you to arise. He said, I want you to get to Bethel. He was there in this place called Shechem, which is a place that his daughter, if you want to go back and read in the 34th chapter, some very, very, very cruel things happened to her. You see, sin breeds more sin. Righteousness can breed more righteousness. You know what I love is that when I was born into this world, you know what my sinful body wanted more of? Sin. Tonight I want you to know and I want you to understand, we as human beings, we desire sin. But when God gives you His holiness and God gives you His righteousness, then there is a hunger and a drive and there's a desire that we might be more like Jesus. That's where the name Christian itself is. That we might become Christ-like. He said, I want you to rise. He said, and go up to Bethel, which is the house of God. Do you know what our bodies were created for? I hear people a lot of times say that when they're in the dating and the courtship world, they say that, that, that you are my soulmate. And you know, as much as I believe that two people can be compatible, I want you to know something. Your soul was meant for the Spirit of God. Your soul was meant for God. But how many people are roaming this earth, even this very hour, and they feel like that they're going to find love in another person, or they're going to find love in a place. But folks, I hope you all will agree with me that true love, the agape love, is only something God gave us in the form of His Son, Jesus. That's what love is. But you see, Jacob went halfway. He went part of the way. You see, you're doing the right thing by going to church. You're listening to the gospel tonight. But the thing is, what are we doing about these things? He said, I want you to rise and go up to Bethlehem. And I love how he goes on to say, and dwell there. He said, and make thee there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. You see, Jacob had to be submissive to God. 
You know, God told him to go to Bethel, but he didn't make him go to Bethel. You know, tonight I want you to know something. For those of you that are here and those that may be hearing this very word, just because God speaks doesn't mean things are going to happen. When the things begin to happen is when we become submissive to the voice of God. When God stood and there was a message, even in the days of Noah, to come to the ark. You know, God's not sending people away from him. He's drawing them to him. Tonight, I thank God that he's still drawing in the hearts of people. People that draw need to be drawn to him. And the reason is, he wants them to find a place of safety. But my fear is that so many people today hear God saying, Arise and go up to Bethel. Sometimes at school, I've seen people look, or teachers will look at a student and say, You need to go in the building. And they don't necessarily always know which door to go in. There's no confusion where God told him to go to. God said, I want you to rise. He said, I want you to go up to Bethel. Now I want you to listen tonight as we begin to look here in the book of Genesis chapter 35 that God said. Folks, you want to know what sparks a revival in the hearts of a man? It's the speaking of God. But I believe in this and I want you to listen very, very very intently for just a moment. Not only does God have to speak, I cannot tell you how many times that I've been carrying on a conversation with the person and they're talking to me, but I absolutely tune them out. And they say, are you listening to me? And I just have to say, no. Folks, it's not just the fact that is God speaking to us as human beings. The question is, are we responding to God? We, I should say me, I often listen to my parents because I was fearful of the consequences. Folks, understand that there should be a fear of the consequences of not heeding the voice of God. Listen to what Jacob was told and God said, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. I believe that with Jacob, there was a particular place that God told him he needed to go. And I believe that in this. Salvation, and I believe that the very center of the wheel is not just in a place, it's in obedience. People think that as long as I'm going to church, as long as I'm doing something for God, and it is, as much as those things can be applauded, the most important thing that we can do as mankind is obey and listen to God. Arise. And go to Bethlehem. I can almost envision when God said to arise, I could see him saying, you need to get in the elevated place. Jesus said that we might have to be in this world, we're not to be of this world. You see, I believe we that are saved are by God's grace. That if we don't, not careful and we want to get entangled in the ways of the world, sometimes we got to come up hither. We got to get a little higher. We got to get away from the world, folks, and that we might get our eyes and our hearts centered upon Jesus. Would you agree with me tonight that the world is a master at distracting us? Would you agree or disagree? The world has so many things and so many marketing schemes of what to wave in front of us. Matter of fact, it's even a, a great power that the world has that when God's speaking, the world is also speaking and drawing our attention where we can't focus on God. And here we see that God came and he began, he said, I want you to rise. He said, I want you to go up to Bethel. And he says, 
I want you to create and do the first works, is what he tells us in the book of Revelation. He said, I want you to create an altar, and I want you to get back to the fellowship that God would have us to go to. 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says this, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You see, there's an idea. You can go back into the old Levitical law, particularly when we're talking about leprosy. The idea is that if you were around someone that had it, you didn't want to catch it and become contagious too. May we see the seriousness of sin that we want to separate from. My fear is, is that we don't want to get away from sin. We're drawn to it. Do you remember what I said just a few moments ago that by our nature, when we are born, we are hungry and we are drawn to sin? But yet God comes along through the Spirit of God and He draws us and He speaks to us much like He did with Jacob. And He said, unto Jacob, arise and go unto Bethel. You see, I believe that he was going to the house of God, a place that God wanted to be and God desired to be. But it came to a point that Jacob was going to have to be submissive to God. God wants, I believe, every one of our lives. And may you understand tonight that the victory is that if we become submissive to God and listen to Him and we go to this place called Bethel, it's a place where we meet God. It's a place where we commune with God. It's a place that we experience God. And when we see here tonight that God is beginning to call unto Him, and remember all these things that happened in the couple of chapters before this that, that had led them to some awful, horrendous situation that they're in. But God was saying, I can get you out of what you're in, but you must listen to me. I've been called hard-headed more than once in my life. Hard-headed is not a term that many people struggle with. We all understand hard-headed means why do you keep doing the things you do? That's our sinful nature. That is our sinful nature. Do you know what our sinful nature is? You can clean up a pig and when you let it go, what does it do? It runs right back into the mire and it'll lay down in the mud again. Why? There's a sinful nature that we have about us. That we have to have something stronger than our nature. And folks tonight I believe in this. That the spirit of God that dwells in us as children of God is stronger than our nature. Our nature draws us one way. God is drawing another. But which one's going to win? Jacob had got to a place that God said, I want you to realize is that, that, that you need to come up hither. You need to arise and go up to Bethel. We as God's people today need to realize is that God is desiring that He might get us to a place that we might get our eyes focused upon Calvary, folks. And when you get your eyes focused on Calvary, then the, then the sinful things of this world are, are, are things that we don't desire. And may we understand tonight, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. But notice... Here that God, I'm going to keep reading there, and it says, Make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee. Do you believe that God keeps his promises? I 100% agree that God keeps his promises. If the needs are not met in our life, then what's going wrong? 
What has gone astray in our life? If we have needs in our life, and then we have we believe that God keeps His promises that He'll supply our needs. I didn't necessarily say our wants. But if He supplies our needs, and yet we don't have those, then folks, are we truly listening to God, and are we in the place that God wants us to be? You can be in church, but you can also be in Shechem in church. You can be sitting in the house of God, but that doesn't mean that you are in the house of God in your soul and in your the leadership. And you see, Shechem was a place that, that, that through all the sin that was there, that God was saying that, that you do not want to dwell in this painful place of what's happened to your family with your sons and your daughters. He said, you don't have to dwell here. I can bring you out. Folks, I believe in the delivering hand of God. I believe that God can bring us out of things that nobody else can. I believe in systems. I believe in the functionality of systems. I believe in the power of systems. But folks, more than I do any other organized uh, system that we may have, I believe in the power of God. I believe in what God can do. I believe in what God desires to do. I believe in what God can do. And I hope that you will understand with me tonight that our world is in need of a great revival. To the many that may be hearing here and all around this place, may we see that there is a need for a great revival and that we must be submissive to God. Are we going to be in that place that God wants us to be? And are we going to do what God wants us to do? My vehicle has been messed up several times. And I learned something. Just going into the garage doesn't fix my car. Somebody's got to do something. Isn't it amazing how people feel like just going to church is going to fix their problems? As marvelous and wonderful it is to go to church. Preacher, you're discouraging us from going to church. Absolutely not. What I am encouraging is let God do a work in you. Only He can do. Don't pull your car in the garage and say, it's fixed. You're not going to just look at it and say, well, your car's fixed. The, the, the problems are over with. Somebody must lay their hand on them and, and begin to fix and to, to do the alterations that need. Folks, aren't you glad tonight that God touches us? And I believe he can touch us deep down inside of our soul. And he fixes us. He takes care of us. But it all comes to a point in our life when we become submissive to him. We live in a time... Where so many people are doing everything that they can to try to get ahead. To try to get ahead. Let's 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 try to speed this up. Let's try to, to do things more efficiently and more effectively. And let's try to keep going forward and forward and forward. Folks, tonight I pray that we do not get ahead of God. You cannot get ahead of God. We should not get ahead of God. In fact, there are times in our life when I believe that we should go back. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6, I want you to get a visual for just a second. If I was to take an axe and I was to go out here and start chopping down a tree and the axe head flew off, it would be pretty foolish for me to keep swinging the stick, wouldn't it? There's not much power in the stick. There's not much power in the handle of the axe. The power is in the end, the iron, which iron sharpens iron, by the way. But, the, but that's where the power is, is in the end. 
And we see here that there was growth that was being experienced. They were building. They were cutting down trees. And all of a sudden, the axe head begins to fly off. Understanding that the axe head is the most important part of being able to grow, they understood. They said, the axe head began to go into the water. Now, we don't have to study science a lot to understand this. When iron goes into water, which, what's going to happen to the iron? Is it going to sink? I agree 100%. It's going to sink. That's what sin will do to us. It's guaranteed to sink us. But notice what happened in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. Read with me if you will or listen along. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. In other words, it's too small. They need to grow. Let us go, we pray thee, into Jordan. Take thee uh, every man a beam and let us make a place there that we may dwell. And he said, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servant. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. So it's a pretty easy visual. Somebody's growing. They want to see this prosperity in their life. They're cutting down trees. They've gone down to the, the, to the river of Jordan there. And they're cutting down trees. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. But here's the part of the story I love. They could have just said, well, oops, the axe head went into the water. Let's go to the store and buy another one. You know what people do? They leave God and then they want another one. But there is only one Yahweh. There's only one God with a capital G. And folks, if we ever get separated from God... May we go back to the place that we've lost, that we might be able to have that reconnection back with Him again. Our world today just gets to a point that they feel like it's impossible. The axe head has flown off. I'm cutting down a tree. The axe head has left. The axe head has gone to the water. Oh me, what am I going to do? So what they do is they give up. Folks, God can do things in our lives that we, that science would say is impossible to happen. But that's God. So one said, Alas, Master. There's a problem. It was borrowed. The power that I had in my life was not something given to me, folks. The power that we have as human beings is not in what we have. Folks, the power is one what God gives us. That's where the power is. You want to talk about a time that we need the power of God. We don't need the power of men. We need the power of God that demonstrated it. So wait a minute. The accident fell off. And it's not even mine. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place. Now, if you've not read this particular account, you're probably thinking, the axe head goes in the water. He tells him, where in the water did the axe head go in? You're thinking, this guy's fixing to dive in. He's going to open his eyes and he's going to find it. That's true. And there are many people that have the skill set to dive into water, open it up, and they would find the axe head. But I don't know one of them that can make the axe head to rise up to the top of the water. Folks, there's a lot of people that are trying to do things that only God can do. And you see, he said, where fell it? So it said that he took a stick 
It's amazing what a piece of wood can cause to rise again. It's amazing what the cross of Calvary can do for a soul that is dead in trespasses and in sin. We're in a place we cannot get out of ourselves. But the man of God said, take a stick. He said, throw it in the water. That probably sounds foolish to a lot of people. To a lot of people in your life, you're thinking, why would you be having services during the middle of the week? Or why would you be having these special times? Because we understand God can provide our way in the most miraculous of ways. God can give us what we need. And if God says, throw a stick in, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab a stick and I'm going to throw it in. And I'm going to say, now watch God work. We need revival in our lives. We need to return to the place where the axe head has fallen off. We need, as Jacob did, don't just stop halfway. Go all the way into the place of Bethel that you might be able to dwell with God. And he said, take a stick. He said, I want you to throw it in. You're going to see a resurrection happen here. And he said, do you know what he did? He said, he cut a stick. And he cast it in thither. Probably some of the most powerful scripture I've ever read said, and the iron did swim. I don't know of a science experiment that we can do that can duplicate making iron swim. But that is the power of God. When God began to speak and God spoke unto Jacob. When God tells us to go back to the place in our life. Do you know what a revival is? A revival is a restoration. It's a restoring. You're not making it new again. You're just restoring and going back to that place. He said, now we as God's people, we have to be uh, restored and we have to get back to that place. And David even said in the Psalms, he said, the 51st Psalm, he said, Lord, just restore to me the joys of thy salvation. He said, Lord, show me today. I know where the axe head went in. I know where I sinned and I went wrong. I repent of those things, God. Make the axe head to come flowed again, come up so that I can take it and put it on the handle so I can go back to cutting down the trees and doing the things that you have called me to do. Tonight, there's one thing I can encourage to all of our friends, not only uh, in Jamaica and Kenya and throughout the U.S., but all around the world is, folks, be where God wants you to be, do what God wants you to do, and you'll see the power of God in your life. And Jacob was spoke to by God. He said, rise and go to Bethel. Here in the book of 2 Kings, we see exactly what happened when the axe had went in and he threw in the stick. The iron began to float. I think that's a miracle in and of itself. The easy part was reaching out and grabbing it. That's the easy part. You know, the hard thing was mankind as human beings finding a way to be be redeemed. Which, by the way, redeemed means to pay the required price. The hard part of man is... How can we come up with the means by which we can be redeemed by God for our sins? And you know what God did? He sent His only Son, Jesus. You know tonight, I'm saying this in the context, I hope you understand, the hard part, God did. The hard part is, He did the part we could do ourselves. I love in the Old Testament, a lot of times when, when, when a sacrifice was made, the blood was captured Why? They didn't want the blood to spill up on the ground. They wanted it to be captured so it could be applied. 
Many people tonight need the power of God in their life. And God is working and the axe head is floating. But yet still they don't want to just reach out. Notice what happened. Seventh verse of 2 Kings 6 said, Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Going back to the book of Genesis. And God said unto Jacob. Tonight, God knew when Nathaniel was under the tree. God knows every person by name, where they are and what they're doing. And I believe that God is calling and God is speaking. But the question is, are we going to listen and be submissive to God and do as he would have us to do? For I'm going to close in just a minute. He said, I want you to rise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Folks, God does not want us to pass through His presence. He wants us to stay there. When we're saved, it's a permanent salvation. That's why He told Zacchaeus, He said, Zacchaeus, make haste. That means hurry up. He said, get down for today. I must abide. Abide means I want to move in. For today I must abide at thy house. You know what? God doesn't just pass by in our life and say, I'm going to bless you for a month or two or a year or two or a decade or two, folks. God blesses us all the days of our life and God wants to bless us all the days throughout eternity. And folks, that happens because he moves in with us and he dwells with us. And, and that's exactly what he's telling Jacob. He said, Jacob, arise. He said, and go to the house of Bethel. Uh, and he said, and dwell there. He said, and when you dwell there, he said, make there an altar unto God. That appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of thy brother. You see, God took care of him and provided him at another time in his life. God said, I can do it again. You know, sometimes in life we feel like that things aren't the way we want them or that God has failed us. Rest assured tonight, God has not failed us. God has not dropped the ball. God has not made a mistake. I believe that God is there to bless us. So tonight, if you're here and you've not been saved, I first want to appeal unto you. If God is calling you by name, telling you to seek after Him, all I can tell you to do is seek after Him. There's no wrong time. There's no wrong place. It's about listening and be obedient unto God. Secondly, if you're here and you're saved, Maybe things in our life have got to a point that we're real comfortable in Shechem. And God's saying, you need to move on to where I want you to be. Doing what I want you to do. We all have our lives planned out. We all have the things that we want and then God comes along. Folks, our lives are to be surrendered to Him. So my prayer is tonight that if God is calling you into a revival, if God is calling you to an altar of repentance, that you'll listen to Him. Brother Earl, I want you to get us a, a good number, if you will, a song. We're going to stand and sing here in just a minute, and I'm going to encourage you this. If God is talking and calling to you, would you listen to him? Brother Earl, that's what I had in my heart, brother. I'm finished. Thank you, Brother Scott. As Brother Scott mentioned, we're going to try and sing here number 155. Where could I go but to the Lord? In one. 55. The Friday can kind of please don't think.
Leaving below.